Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Fuds on Film podcast. My name is Scott Morris, and I'm joined today, of course, by Drew Tavendale. Greetings. So, another very cheery episode, I suppose. Something of a companion piece to our episode from a few months back with the uh, whole post-apocalyptic holocausty type thing. Um, this is another featuring another social scourge that I thought we'd perhaps, if not seen the back of, could at least be counted that we didn't have to worry about it quite so much. But recent events have kind of brought this back to popularity, sadly, as we talk a little bit about some films that will deal with the threats of white nationalism, neo-Nazis, as we discuss American History X and Skin. Yeah, these are, they're not cheery subject matter. I recall American History X making quite an impact on me 20 years ago when it came out. Mm. Uh, The other film we're talking about, Skin, is from last year, and it turns out, depressingly, that they're both still very relevant Indeed. Um, Which is partly why we're covering them. Yeah, so happy times. Yes. Well, let's crash straight into American History X then, uh, in which Edward Furlong's Danny Vineyard is in in trouble at school, having chosen Mein Kampf as a suitable subject for a book report relating to human rights. Why would you pick such an inflammatory piece of trash? Well, that's the point, I suppose, of American History X as we delve into the past of the Vineyard family's attitude to race relations at a critical point, just as his elder brother, Edward Norton's Derek, is released from prison. He was a prominent local neo-Nazi before his incarceration on assault charges, but he's seen the error of his ways for reasons we'll get into in flashback. Spoilers, is because Nazis are total wanks. And alongside his old and Danny's current teacher, Avery Sisko Brooks's Dr Bob Sweeney, they tried to turn Danny away from the vortex of neo-Nazis that has been indoctrinated into, headed by Stacey Keach's Cameron Alexander. Now... For a long time, I figured the cultural legacy of American History X would be the introduction to the incident of the concept of a curb sandwich. However, the entirely baffling resurgence of white nationalism brings this an unfortunate return to relevancy 20 years down the line. You could perhaps argue that this film isn't saying a lot more than Nazis are bad, but apparently that's a lesson we need to relearn here in space year 2019. Yes, apparently (laughs) Nazis are bad is not obvious and don't think they need to say it. Apparently they do. Yes. So certain people in certain positions of power, for instance. Yes. Um, as to the film itself, well, on revisiting this for the first time in close to two decades, I have learned that one, Nazis are still a bad thing, and two, Tony K really likes his close-ups. Um, I, yes, I, I was aware of that too. There's, there's so many very closely very, cropped, very shots very close-ups. There. Yes, I've never seen so much nose here in my life. Um, I, I don't think I've seen anything else that Kay's done apart from Detachment, which, like American History X, I really like in the way that you can like movies that are fundamentally unlikable, incredibly uh, bleak. Yes. Too. Uh, Movies about neo-Nazis are never going to be fun, happy times, but while racism and anti-Semitism has never come close to going away, maybe ten years ago I could have fooled myself into believing that we were on an arc bending towards justice, Uh, but recent years perhaps has made me think that this is instead a pendulum, currently swinging in entirely the wrong direction. So, in that light, American History X perhaps becomes a more important work now than it did on its initial release, combining the social commentary with a clutch of extraordinary performances from the aforementioned cast, and also the likes of Elliot Gould, Beverly D'Angelo and even Ethan, Ethan Suplee in, uh, in supporting roles. So that makes this, I would say, essential, but not easy viewing. Yes, it's good. Watch it. You mentioned the the Kerb sandwich thing, which I had always remembered. That sh- it's such a horrific moment. Somehow more horrific than just shooting someone. Yes, yeah. And Edward Norton's great in this film. 
Yeah, I think you could make a case that most of the people in it have never acted better. Um, Edward Furlong in particular, actually. Uh, This is only... I think only this and Animal Factory are the only films I'd seen Edward Furlong on that weren't Terminator 2. Yes. (laughs) Um, And he seems to have largely disappeared from certainly anything mainstream. Uh, And he's really pretty good in this. It's full of deeply unlikable characters. Furiza Balg, for instance, just this horrible person gleefully reveling in people being murdered. Yeah. Um, but you get the idea that she's not out of the ordinary in that. <laughs> yeah. um, and this is a film that definitely has things to say, although it's not 100% successful in saying them. It shows you in flashback, it's much later in the film, in fact, but you see Edward Norton's character, seeing how he gets into this, hmm. um, when Edward Furlong's explaining that it was actually his father kind of yeah. indoctrinating them like that. Not the most successful scene, though, simply because they've tried to make Edward Norton look like a teenager. And necessarily, because he's, <laughs> he's a grown man yeah. this, for the main part of the film. But in those flashback scenes of, there's like, well, we'll give him floppy long hair and like the baseball cap in the scene of the interview at the beginning with the police after his father's murder. Yeah. Like, oh, God, this, this this looks so stupid because he looks like a full-grown man. Dressed yes. like Kevin. He looks like <laughs> Kevin the teenager, basically, from Harry Enfield. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you, you see that. So you see how he gets into it. Um, and you see bits of how he works his way out of his racism. That um, he's seen, first of all, I suppose you would call it delusion. That um, the people who profess to be the white supremacists in the prison aren't, like, they aren't fully committed to the cause. Yeah. And then... He begins to see, like, you know, the, the person that's treating him with the, I would say decency, but it's more just like, you know, just... Common like humanity, normal, yes. Yeah, just like he's a normal human, is the the black guy that he works in the prison laundry with. Mm-hmm. The guy who makes him laugh, and he's just, like, basically friendly, just normal person. Yeah. As a, you, you can quickly see, like, the thinking there's like, well, wait a minute, well, this, this person is not the, the horrible subhuman person that people like Cameron have clearly pegged him as. Yeah. I just wish there had been a bit more of seeing him sort of working through that stuff. Um, it's also a criticism I have of the other film we're covering too, because yeah. this one actually has some of it. But I think Edward Norton's... It's not always struck me um, in any role he's been in as a smart guy. Mm. And I think that comes across too. That he, And it makes it more interesting. It's not just some easily swayed stupid person uh, without much of intellect just being used as a tool of a soldier so clearly an erudite clever person capable of thinking for himself that somehow has been persuaded to think terrible terrible wrong things yes and use that to manipulate others (laughs) yeah so and, and you see the terrible things they do like the the assault on the supermarket yeah. is horrendous before we even get to the murders. And then and I completely buy Edward Norton's rehabilitation and reappraisal of what he's doing and then his attempts to make good and keep his family safe and to undo all the harm that he's put his brother in. Yeah. I just I wish there was a bit more of, of seeing him like work through that. And I said, there's some of it. And you can see, what well, you've seen, the humanity of this um, person he's working with 
I just, I don't know, it, it feels like I just needs a bit more substance than that to make it a really, really compelling film. Yeah, I think it gets a bit confused in whether it wants to be a character study of Ed Norton's character or whether it's... The way that it's been driven through Edward Furlong's character kind of muddies that a little bit because it splits uh-huh. the focus a bit too much and you can never really tell if it's trying to be more concerned with warding Eddie Furlong's character away from it or deal with how Edward Norton got away from it and it kind of falls a little bit between those two stools and it yeah. doesn't quite flesh out either fully despite that it still more or less works but yeah it could it does seem like it could have been a more powerful film if it managed to balance that a little bit better because clearly Ed Norton's the star here and yeah. he's he's the he, he's the character whose plight we're really following in the more detail and perhaps he should have got a bit more of the uh, the attention if anything, the, how often have we complained about films being too long? This it's one is definitely too short. It could yeah. have done with a bit more uh, uh, exploration of those aspects, certainly. Yeah, because there are two there are two characters in particular I would like to have seen a lot more of. One is Avery Brick's character. Yes. Who I had remembered as being in an awful lot more. Yeah, but he's um, it was quite early in it. Yeah, go yeah. back to this time that it's these little... Uh, <laughs> Because well, I I think everybody is great. It's a shame you don't see more of him. Yes, and so I like would have seen like more of him. So almost like the the balance because the other character I'd like to see more of is Stacey Keach's character. Yes, I would have liked to have seen more of his poisonous rhetoric, the kind of how he was able to persuade someone as intelligent as Derek. Yeah, into yeah. into joining this DOC. Um, what does that stand for? I don't think they're ever said in the film. Uh, I, I think to check. I believe it's Disciples of Christ. Right, okay. It doesn't matter, I was vague so I forgot to check that when I was, after I watched it, but I would like to have seen more of that, like, um, sort of this, how he was able to create this cult around them, basically, of all these young men willing to do these things for him. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, he's getting told that he's a manipulative, dangerous figure, but you're not really shown. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You're shown absolutely that he has power. And that scene when he's when Derek's trying to escape from the party after he's assaulted Cameron, that's yeah. really tense because you're like, well, all, he's got basically all of these people under his <laughs> yeah, uh, in his yeah. thrall. The chances of him leaving him there alive are pretty slim. So yeah, I would have liked to have seen more of that, and then balance that with a bit more of Avery Brooks' character because clearly he was a a crucial part in helping um, Derek kind of you know want to leave that life yeah so absolutely it's a film that requires more time i mean in a lot of ways it it seems like certainly if this was being made these days it would seem a lot more at home as a netflix sick partner or something like that this seems more like a mini series than it does um a film when you when you think of the number of avenues that it could go into the, the amount of things that it could explore and it's limited by the fact that it's God, it's, what is this, 90 minutes? It's not a long film by any stretch of the imagination. It is two hours, but it doesn't feel two, like it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's it barrels, minutes, but it barrels through all of that. And part of that, I think, is helped by Kay's pacing. Everything's paced really, really quickly. He's trying to cram a fair amount in. And I think he's using an effective amount of... you know, He uses some spoken mirrors effectively to kind of shortcut some of those things, but when you actually sort of sit down and think about it, it's like you, you, there's a lot of things it could really have done with being expanded upon. I think maybe I didn't notice that on first viewing, and I didn't notice it so much when I viewed it the second time, even 
even so much then. But certainly when you, you sit and think and talk through the things that happened in the film, you, you, you do kind of wish that it had gone into more detail on a lot of it. And actually, so I, I kind of wish, talking of time, I wish that also had, in the film's time, expanded a bit as well, because particularly Derek's telling his tale to Danny of what happened to him in prison and his rape and the the disillusionment and then sort of coming to his senses basically he tells them it in one night yeah and then almost by morning Danny's cured like uh, that's it seems a bit too accelerated and as you mentioned like being a mini series mm-hmm. you see that that might be more gradual yeah yeah uh, and it's more frustration because this film is is really good <laughs> I yeah. want it to be excellent yes and it's not but they're there are seeds there that you could have just just added a bit more to this film, and it'd be it would really blown you away. Yes, yes. Uh, so that's a frustration. The only other real problem I have with it, again, it's, it's not like there's any bad things in it. I just want more. Yeah. Is that I, I'm still really unsure about the ending. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it does it's not entirely out of nowhere but again that's another avenue that really needs a bit more explanation um, it's extreme for what you've been shown up to that point exactly yes yes it's uh, i mean i i get what they're going for in the grander sense of things the whole hate leading to hate and retribution yeah. so that it, it makes sense everything's fracked basically <laughs> is what they're going yeah. with it, but it's it doesn't quite earn that ending yeah, yeah. Uh, thematically, it fits, but uh-huh, in, in yeah. terms of the actual events of it, maybe narratively, it doesn't. Um, again, that's that's really the sort of thing that that could do with a hell of a lot of expansion upon, just to to make it feel a bit more um, complete, I suppose. Yeah, I think the danger with that too. I mean, you probably could never believe this because of the tone of the rest of the film, but. I can see that some people could read that ending as saying that, oh, well, Derek and Danny's original beliefs were right. Yes. Um, <laughs> there were bad people on both sides. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's not, it's just stupid, angry young men, the violence, begetting violence, all that stuff. It just, it, it feels a bit, it's not quite a drama bomb, but it's not quite earned either. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I get it as every, Everything screwed up, and by like sharing his beliefs with Danny, Derek has basically just damaged his his chances. He's put him in these horrible positions of, but there's just there's not the join because it's yeah. What's before that? It's like he blows some smoke in his face in the bathroom. Yeah, it comes across as a way to end a film rather than a film's ending. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, it just doesn't, as you say, it just doesn't end earn it quite as much as it could do. It, I mean, this film could easily stand another thirty minutes without yes. any problem at all, and it would be well worthy. And it's perhaps necessary. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, if it was going to be you know elevated to being like a really all time classic film rather than just yeah. a, a very good one that happens to be dealing with a lot of um, social commentary, that's depressingly still relevant and still needs to be going over in this day and age yeah um, yeah yeah it's um from for me american history x um just we don't do ratings on this but just can i give you a, an idea for me it's always been like a kind of four out of five film yeah again in this watch yeah it's really it's still still a four out of five film but 
again, you can see just with an extra 20, 30 minutes, a bit more exposition of character, maybe a bit more, and it could easily be a five star film. It could be a, just an absolute classic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, I find it a frustrating. Yes. I, I want this film to be better. <laughs> I want more of it. Um, which is definitely the better way to be when you've got to end a film, even one dealing with as unpleasant a topic as this. Yeah, yeah. And of course, it's easy for us to uh, armchair direct after the fact, um, but it's, I don't know what limitations they had in terms of budget, in terms of constraints and all, all the rest of it. But yeah, it, it does seem like it's just a, just a slight waste. Yeah, but uh, while we have then some issues with American History X, it, it's um, really, it comes down to, we'd like more of it. Yeah. Um, not that they're particularly negative things. Yes, I mean, it's still an incredibly powerful film, even after 20 years. It still yeah. remains incredibly relevant, and it's still something that, again, recommending is hard to It's not an enjoyable film to watch, but it's something that does feel like it's still a, a powerful experience that you could have while watching film, and that's obviously sort of, something you need to open yourself to. You can't all just be uh, watching Fast and Furious. Um, this is... Uh, uh, it's an important work. Um, it's certainly stood the test of time, and it's something that you should probably be looking at if you haven't done so already. And if you, even if you have done it, it's probably worth revisiting at this time. So I've just recalled one thing that, but if there's a complaint I do have for this film, and it's, it doesn't really affect the subject matter at all, so it, it's almost tangential to that. But I'm not sure about the score in this film. Hmm. It feels okay. like the score for a war movie. And that, maybe that's deliberate. Because in a way it is, I guess. Yeah. You know, a war for hearts and minds as well as like a war for the streets as it begins. But I just thought that was an odd choice. There, there are so many bits. Uh, the first time I was really, really aware of it was uh, in the basketball courts near the start when they're, yeah. um, they're playing for... Like either the white guys or the black guys leave those courts for good, whichever one it is. Yeah. But it did feel like a score far more befitting of a war film, which I thought was, again, possibly deliberate. I can see why it would be deliberate. I, just, I thought it was a, an odd choice and didn't quite fit for me. I don't know if you even hmm. noticed that, Scott. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't notice it all that much. I mean, to be honest, I can't even remember the scores. Is it a bit more like orchestral scoring that was going on or... Well, yeah, it was orchestral. It was very much the type yeah. of orchestral. It really, really felt like the sort of thing you would have got in a maybe not a Saving Private Ryan, a sort of slow motion dramatic shot of someone running through a field, that kind of yeah, thing. And yeah, like swelling strings mm. and stuff, and it, yeah, no, it definitely, really did feel like a a war movie score. Yeah, no, I, I can see that being a little bit discordant. It didn't, I guess, bother me all that much because I didn't really notice it until you'd said it. I mean, now, now you've said it, yes, it does feel a bit strange, um, but it didn't really occur to me at the time. Um, yeah, no, that's, that is a bit weird. I may, I may have to think on that further. Yeah, it, it doesn't change how I feel about the film at all. But, um, I, I almost sort of, it was kind of like a separate part going on in my mind at the time yeah. because I was, <laughs> because what was happening was far more engaging. Yes, um, yes. And it, it doesn't change my feeling about the film at all. Just, I was aware of it more than it being bothered by it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Curious. Yeah. But uh, it's a very rewarding film. Certainly the best I've ever seen Edward Furlong. Again, of all the three films I've seen Edward Furlong <laughs> that I can yes. recall. It may be Ed Norton's best performance. I like Ed Norton a great deal. I've seen him in many, many films, but 
even as like a year before Fight Club, I think this may be Ed Norton's best performance. It's probably his most important work. Um, yeah, he he's been good in like well most things really. Yeah, um, incredible Hulk aside, um, <laughs> but yeah, this is the one thing that's kind of comported the the importance of the subject matter with his performance. And uh, yeah, it's I, I would agree it's probably the best thing I've seen. It's the best I've seen Edward Norton uh, be in, in his career so far. I mean, I like Fight Club a lot. I, mean, I enjoy Fight Club more than this film. It's a better film, but it's not as important a film, so there's no, that no. too. Yeah. Unless <laughs> they're suggesting um, making soap from fat women's buttocks is more important than white supremacy. I'm guessing most people are not going to make that <laughs> argument. But yeah. anyway, yes. So, that important and rewarding film um, over. Well, we move on to something that covers some similar ground but from the point of view of a real story yes let's do that with skins or skin even with skin skins isn't that that e4 program that's quite different with skin in ohio in the united states there's a group of individuals claiming to be of norse descent and rather pathetically calling themselves vikings though one doubts if they've ever bothered opening a book to see how their perception holds up to reality they meet together in the vinlander social club where they talk about paying dues and defending their heritage and a bunch of other, well, frankly, pathetic crap. Sadly, though, while they're no doubt pathetic, they are also exceptionally dangerous, spending much of their time harassing non-whites, persecuting immigrants, burning mosques, and, not infrequently, simply assaulting and murdering those with a less pallid complexion. It's into this world that Israeli director Guy Navitz, based on a true story, Skin takes us telling the tale of Brian Babs Widner. No, why Brian's called Babs is never explained, so don't ask me. Um, played by Jamie Bell. A once high-ranking member of, the, of this organised hate group, who left the group and transformed himself in a number of senses, undergoing a year and a half of painful tattoo removal to rid himself of the racist and violent markings he had applied to his face over the years. We learn that Brian was the product of an unhappy home, affected by violence and alcoholism, and that he was adopted by Vera Farmiga's Shireen, Farmiga again showing she can do a fine turn in odious characters, and Bill Camp's Fred Krager, leaders of the Vinlanders, and moulded into a soldier for their cause. As another young, vulnerable teen is recruited by Shireen and Fred in a similar fashion to Brian, he seems to question those beliefs and question his commitment to their cause and to evaluate the psychic toll that perpetual hate is taking on him. The primary driver for his introspection, though, is meeting and falling in love with Danielle McDonald's Julie and her three girls. Julie has a background related in many ways to Brian's, but has tried to distance herself from it, though one might question the wisdom of attaching herself to the neo-Nazi with a propensity for sudden and extreme violence to do so, even if in the first instance the violence is in her service. Well... If you squint at it, at least. The club aren't happy about Brian's departure, and he has to survive death threats and attempted murder before he can escape, with help from the FBI and anti-racism activist Darlyle Jenkins. There's a nice idea in Skin, one that I happen to believe, that no one is beyond redemption, and a pretty powerful performance from Jamie Bell, but there's not a lot of substance. It really is only skin deep. The occasional flash-forward to the agony of witness to two removal is hardly subtle, 
though not inappropriate, but the film utterly fails to get to the heart of why Widner believed what he did and why he ceased to. Brian's redemption is well acted, but barely explained, and there's frustratingly little insight into a subculture that is becoming alarmingly less sub with each passing year. Natif, who wrote as well as directed, squanders his greatest tool. Darlyle Jenkins, a former extremist himself, this black man now devotes himself to turning white supremacists, trying to convert hatred into peace. By the film's conclusion, we see that Babs and Darlyle have become close friends, but we see nothing of how they got there, and that journey would have been the perfect opportunity for Babs' exploration of his beliefs and the unlearning of being a racist. There are moments of frustration too, caused by the film's turn into some rather cliched melodrama, and particularly that perpetual crutch of trying to engender sympathy and provoke emotion, the death of an animal. Something that I really, really dislike. I don't want the animal to be harmed. The animal does not deserve to be harmed. But as his death follows in the wake of someone trying to murder a child, I could not give a sh**. Bell in particular is great, but skin needs depth. Yeah, it sounds like we're pretty much on the same page with this. It is a slightly frustrating film. I, I guess I still enjoyed it as much as you can say you can enjoy a film like this. Uh, but it's a really good performance from Jimmy Bell, which really does crack uh, paper over an awful lot of cracks in the rest of the film. I think in particular the whole... The way this had been explained, I think in some uh, bullet recaps, is that each like tattoo that uh, Jamie Bell's character was getting removed would then kind of relate to uh, an, an event in his past that would lead to some kind of yeah. um, kind of informed in his character, and that really was not the case at all. I thought that was that was a, that sounded like a really clever framing device, and I thought, oh, that's that's that sounds quite good, but it really isn't that at all. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's because they talk about. Fred in particular talks about them earning their patches by which he means a tattoo. Like if they they do some action, some act of villainy, yeah, they get a tattoo for it. So it felt like it should have been framed like, right, here's this terrible thing that Jamie Bell did, and they got this tattoo after it. We remove it. Yeah, um, you, could, you could you could you could use it just like in general, or you could use it for very specific events. Yeah, and in the end, it's. It's mostly an afterthought. It's like, because it's, you see it, what, three times in the entire film? Yeah, it's sort of mentioned or alluded to kind of briefly in the police interrogations that he gets, but, I mean, it's it's not really anything. You could remove all that and it wouldn't make, make any real difference to the film at all. Um, so it's, it's certainly not as important as I kind of thought it would be, which is a real shame because I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of depth to Jamie Bell's character that could have been explored that is just simply not. Um, as you say, I... Yeah. I have no idea. Well, okay, you do get some idea of how he became indoctrinated into this because that's the kind of whole point of the relationship between him and the uh, the new kid that's kind of brought in from the uh, the homeless kid. And you can kind of infer a lot from that, which is nice. But I still don't really know how he thought himself out of. Uh, this trap, or how indeed he fell in love with his wife in the, the end of the day, because that that just seems to just happen, and I'm expected to do it. it, mm-hmm. it it's just there, there doesn't seem to really be any huge amount of connection between them at that point. It's it, it, it's just almost as though the film's railroading you into seeing the connection between these characters that just doesn't really seem to be there. So there's an awful lot of uh, depth to that character that just doesn't get touched upon, which is a real shame because I think that could uh, could really elevate this film quite a lot. It does 
create something of a weakness at the heart of it because at the end of the day I just I, I couldn't really connect with this character. I don't know how he got to the place where he is and I don't quite know how he got out of the place where he is. It's just something that happened in the exactly. in the context of the film. It, 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 it doesn't really explain any of how that happened and that, that, that seems like a real missed opportunity. Yeah, there's no real inciting event of anything. There's not like there's one moment where he's like, um, oh, what am I doing? Like, that he sees a certain person in a certain way or or he kind of becomes sick of it. It kind of just, it's like, oh, no, I don't believe this anymore now. Okay, but but why? Yeah, that, that seems like a real shame because there's not really an awful lot else to criticise in it. I think the, the rest of the film does a pretty good job of everything else that it's trying to do. It's, um, it's quite well shot. Jamie Bell, as I've said, is, uh, is, is really fantastic and the supporting cast is pretty good too. Um, I don't really have any complaints with the rest of the film. It's just the way that they've told the story of the central character has left me a little bit cold to it. And uh, I could, or the way they haven't told the story. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, the, that was the one thing that stopped me really making any real connection with it. My, my attention did kind of wander a little bit towards the end of it because um, I, I, I couldn't really get on board with um, either. Uh, well, in particular, how this character became kind of deprogrammed, and I think you make a really good point with the uh, the, the lack of um, exploration as well into the kind of relationship between him and the um, the deprogrammer that they've got, if nothing else. Um, again, the, the, another opportunity to, to really delve into the character that just it doesn't do that, it just it, it, it yeah, fluffs yeah. it entirely. Uh, to be honest, I'm surprised given given how badly. I think it's fair to say, I think it badly it's actually handled against me in character. I was surprised that I was engaged with it at all. <laughs> but uh, I suppose that's perhaps a, a real te- testament to Jamie Bell's performance, which is uh, really good. Um, mm-hmm. In any other circumstance, if this film had came out 10 years ago, I would have said that, yeah, okay, that's that, that's okay. It's, just, it, 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 it's an average film and probably doesn't really deserve all that much attention. It's just the climate we find ourselves in makes this kind of film more important to watch and to understand than anything else. So it's... Which is... Yeah, sorry. It's kind of gained an extra star just by virtue of the kind of times we find ourselves in, which is perhaps not the best way to view films, but, well, that's that, that's part of being in society. So, uh, yeah. I think I kind of think it loses a star for that, mm-hmm. actually, because, because it's so important. Yes. Now, it's like, <laughs> it, it needs to have more in there. Yeah. It's not just like this, a general tale of redemption, uh, of which there have been a number. Mm. And you'll occasionally see people doing a speaking tour, or somebody used to be a grand wizard of the KKK or something. And that, you know, I mean, it's good if, if people couldn't be reasoned out of these terrible beliefs, then what is the point of anything? Yeah. So it's good that they exist, but it's, it feels like that's exactly what this film's missing. It's like, okay, I get that he's a person who did these bad things. He stopped doing these bad things, became a better person. Good, but how? Yeah, it, it it really needs the how and the why. Yes. Um. So in many ways, it's we it, could say the same thing about American History X, I suppose. Um. So I suppose we did with Eddie Furlong's character, but uh, it really does need a bit more depth into how he got himself out of that. Now, 
I don't know if it maybe it's trying to get to the point where the only reason you get into this is because you're influenced by elders who should know better at points when you're very vulnerable and that's how you get into it and eventually you just kind of realise that you come out. That seems to be what both films were sort of saying but that's not particularly satisfying or I think accurate. Or illuminating. Yeah, yeah or accurate. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, suppose in, I suppose you could apply the same criticism to both films but it's certainly much more apparent um, in Skin than it is in American History X. Yeah, American History X just it needs more of it. Skin almost needs any. Yes, exactly. Yes, there's a real problem there. What I think it really needs is more of the relationship between Daryl Lyle and um, Brian, mm-hmm. because then you could really explore. It's like he could be perhaps questioned why he believes these things, and yeah. if like Brian's then failing to come up with a coherent reason, then he starts like, oh right, okay, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it's just, yeah, it's it's lacking really the substance. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it just makes it frustrating more than anything because it really needs the. I, I, it's because it's a compelling performance. It's an important topic. It just it, it needs more. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose I still mostly recommend it. I th- I still think it's worth looking at. But God, I I just wish it had done. Uh, a bit better in in its aims. I, I don't feel like I got an awful lot of character out of this character study, which is effectively what it is. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, worth watching for Jamie Bell's performance alone. I mean, it shines a wee bit of a light on these groups, I guess, but nothing like enough. Yeah, it's not really telling you anything you didn't already know. Presumably, <laughs> as long as you're not. A total nutcase. Uh, you probably realise that already. Neo-Nazis, white supremacists, probably a bad thing. Um, it doesn't really give you a lot more detail than that um, <laughs> in terms of moral lessons, and uh, uh, perhaps not really in terms mm-hmm. of actually understanding any of the mindset of how they could come across to these beliefs or how you could get them out of these beliefs. So, yeah, more just a it's more just a sort of general warning of the the kind of danger of it rather than any kind of actual actionable use. That you uh, advice that could be used in in the modern context, but uh, yeah, it, it was a diverting enough film for the time I was I was with it. But yeah, I really wanted a bit more out of this. It, it felt like it could have been a really good film, but it's instead a whole level below American History X in, in terms of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was very much American History X is the better film. Mm-hmm. I think perhaps the, the depressing thing coming out of it is you know like twenty years. <laughs> yeah. Things don't appear to have changed an awful lot. Yeah, if they have, it's probably for the worse. Yes, yes, we've never quite been the the post racial um, uh, society that perhaps the Obama election, the more optimistic thought might usher in. But um, yes, certainly it's got markedly worse in recent years. So uh, if nothing else, we need to keep bringing up these films and these points as a as a combat to, to that. But yeah. It, it really deserved a bit better. I suppose that will wrap us up for the day. Yes, we'll be back with you soon with another podcast. Um, but until that time, if you would like to get in touch with us on this or any other uh, matters you would like to discuss, please do so um, either through Twitter. Uh, we're on there at FudsOnFilm, through Facebook at facebook.com slash FudsOnFilm or through the emails at podcast at FudsOnFilm.com. Uh, yes, until such time as we see you again. I shall bid you adieu, and I'm sure that Drew Avondale shall do too. Shall, shall also do.
do that. I shall. And I will. Goodbye. <laughs> Sorry, I apparently just swallowed my tongue at the end of that. <laughs>